0: everyone to this episode of the Visionary Leadership Institute podcast. Today's guest is Deb Hoover. Deb is the CEO of the Entrepreneurship Education Consortium. I've worked with Deb for years now and it's an honor to have you as a guest on this episode of the Visionary Leadership Institute podcast.
1: Oh, thanks, Matt. I'm absolutely delighted to be here and looking forward to our conversation.
0: So diving right into the questions, can you tell me a little bit about your background and what led you to become the CEO of the Entrepreneurship Education Consortium or EEC?
1: Okay, happy to share that story. I am the product of a liberal arts education, and I really like connecting different disciplines in interesting ways, new ways. I also was raised in a family. My grandfather was, he was in research and development. So always was inventing things and thinking about innovation. And I think he instilled that in my brother and me. So that is also part of my background. So after I graduated from college, I was actually an art history major and I went to graduate school in art history, but I became really interested in how the not-for-profit and the museum world in particular function. I And so I decided I needed more training and education in areas that would help me see structure and infrastructure and just how the world works. So I ended up going to George Washington University Law School, and there they had a museum studies program. And I also studied with one of the premier tax exempt lawyers. And so I put all that together and decided that I would stay very close to the arts, but also work in the nonprofit space. I did that, I did that in my law practice for a while. Eventually our family went and lived in Australia actually for my husband's job. And there I was a fundraiser. I was in charge of development for a nonprofit organization that helped people who were vision impaired. I learned a lot there. The system over there is a bit different. Philanthropy was still developing, so it was fascinating. So I came back to the United States And I got a job at the G.A.R. Foundation where I was a program officer. And through the G.A.R. Foundation, I met the Morgan family and became acquainted with the Burton D. Morgan Foundation. And I started doing work for them. I actually helped to start Mrs. Morgan's Foundation, now called Peg's Foundation, with Mr. Morgan. And then that was all a lot of moving pieces. And so eventually I decided I would focus on Mr. Morgan's foundation, which, of course, everyone knows is about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship education. He had passed away in 2003. The foundation was growing and developed a strategy that was laser focused on entrepreneurship. So I spent 15 years as president, 22 years altogether working for Morgan Foundation and developing its philanthropic strategy and helping to build the ecosystem in Northeast Ohio. I retired from the president's job of Morgan Foundation in June of 2022, and I was delighted to be asked to lead the Entrepreneurship Education Consortium, which is growing and transforming into Northeast Ohio's university-focused entrepreneurship hub. So it's quite a challenge and quite a joy to be in this role.
0: And the common thread between the Burton D. Morgan Foundation and the EEC is using entrepreneurship as a means to serve underserved populations and to help those populations. So what inspired that focus as a common thread in your career?
1: Yes, great, great question. So as I mentioned, I really like interdisciplinary studies and the opportunity to combine two or more fields to to come up with interesting ideas. And I see entrepreneurship, as a tool to help people who are thinking that way, bringing different ideas together and opportunities together. It's an opportunity for them to bring their dreams and their ideas to life. I also see it as a life skill. So people may want to start their own business, but they may also want to work in a place for an existing business that would value their innovation skills and their ability to work with creativity and resilience learning how to put your idea out there it might work it might not work but having that flexibility to try again and not get discouraged so i think it's a way for people to build a livelihood and also a way for them to build a career
0: So you mentioned that there are sometimes challenges and things don't always work out the first time. Can (laughs) can you give us an example of a challenge you faced while running an organization and some of the steps that you took to overcome them?
1: Absolutely. I'll divide this so I can first talk about some of the things I encountered with the foundation and then now with EEC. So... For the foundation, we did a lot of partnership building, sometimes with organizations that were much larger than we were. And so that dynamic has its own challenges. And so learning how to create an effective partnership that's fair and productive for everybody. I have to say, I was so enthusiastic about the mission of the foundation. I spent my days, my nights, many, many weekends working on things and. I I realized that you have to find that work-life balance so that you don't feel burnout, even when you're a thousand percent enthusiastic and passionate about what you're doing. Also in the field of philanthropy, there are so many good causes that come to you and you'd like to be able to support all of them. But when you have a specific mission, you really have to stick to that mission. So knowing when to say no and being able to say no in a kind and constructive way, and you have to do that a lot in philanthropy. And then also for the foundation, working in the entrepreneurship space, entrepreneurship is a fast-moving field. Innovation moves at the speed of light, and you have to stay on top of the latest developments. And so it's a big job, a fascinating job, but big. (laughs) And then if I could just say about Entrepreneurship Education Consortium, the organization has been around since 2007 and doing really great work, sponsoring the Idea Labs competition entrepreneurship immersion week, side hustle programs, but we are evolving to become that regional hub for university-based entrepreneurship. and We're growing, we're raising resources. And so the bootstrapping that's involved in that, always a challenging thing. It's a creative opportunity, but you have to think in lots of different ways about how to grow the organization and function at a high level with fewer resources than you might like. So we're fundraising, we're selecting our opportunities and partnerships carefully and engaging in measured growth. And it's an exciting stage. But sometimes you got to pivot and go in a different direction.
0: I think that's a huge lesson for the entrepreneurs that are listening too. where there will be roadblocks, there will be challenges, but there's also success stories. So could you share one of those?
1: Oh sure. <laughs> so I've been talking about the partnerships that I've engaged in and they've been hugely important and I'm so grateful to the organizations and the people we've partnered with. When I was at the foundation early on, we developed a relationship with Kaufman Foundation in Kansas City and with them we launched the Northeast Ohio Collegiate Entrepreneurship Program and that was a program designed for liberal arts colleges to help them introduce entrepreneurship education into the curriculum and into extracurricular activities. And so we designed it from scratch. We did an RFP. Five colleges in Northeast Ohio were selected and we worked with them for years building these programs and experimenting. And it was just a rich and wonderful experience for all of us. And those schools, fortunately, still have entrepreneurship on their campuses supported by their campus leadership, by the region, and certainly by their students. And then that led to another partnership with Blackstone Charitable Foundation, and we built the Launchpad programs now called LaunchNet here in Northeast Ohio. And there are also five of those. That was another major, major partnership, and they're all still flourishing. So very gratifying. But as I said, lots of pivots along the way as we learned.
0: And a common thread right now is the importance of the entrepreneurial mindset and how fast the world is moving with AI and with all these new technologies where even if you don't want to start your own business or anything like that, you will need to have some sort of an entrepreneurial mindset, whether you're just adapting to working with a person who's not a person where AI is taking someone's (laughs) order at the fast food restaurant or anything like that. So what advice would you have for someone who's looking to develop that entrepreneurial mindset or currently developing it?
1: As you can tell from my comments, I am a lifelong learner. So I think the entrepreneurial mindset requires you to just learn, 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 take every single opportunity, listen to lots of podcasts, hear other people's perspectives, earn a micro credential, just keep your skills current so you can see what's happening now and peer into the future. And then if you have an idea don't be afraid to try. Go out there and find the resources you need. Draw deep within yourselves for the courage to do that. And then go out there and try. And it's okay to fail, but you need to pick yourself up again and try again in in a different way. And then look out there at the world, at the big picture, and see the benefit of whatever path you choose. It may be in your own venture, but it may be helping to pursue an idea in, in an existing business. And that's great too. The entrepreneurial mindset is just a very versatile skill set that's going to help you no matter what direction you choose. And then also connect with other entrepreneurs. I will say in Northeast Ohio, we have an open and friendly community and entrepreneurs want to help each other. It's really one of the greatest strengths of our regional ecosystem. So talk to them and learn from them. There's lots of events out there that you can attend where you'll meet other entrepreneurs and you may discover a new opportunity. And then also our campuses in Northeast Ohio have their own ecosystems and there's lots and lots of resources on campus. and out there in the community. And you can combine all of that to your benefit as you learn and as you meet other entrepreneurs.
0: And then I know that you are currently the CEO of the Entrepreneurship Education Consortium or EEC, but you're also an entrepreneur in your own right. Would you like to talk a little bit about your (laughs) path and artistic abilities and all that?
1: Oh, sure. So I mentioned early on that I studied art history. And then later in my life, I went back to school and earned a master's degree in cultural history at Kent State University. Absolutely loved it. I was very slow. It took me like seven years, one class at a time. But I persevered. I wrote a thesis, and it was about the art of Norman Rockwell, his career himself as a commercial artist and an entrepreneur. And so I read all of his business papers and then translated that into the thesis that talked about his relationships with his clients and how he was instrumental in shaping the American dream in the 1940s, 50s and 60s. And I designed an exhibition based on my thesis, which opened this past weekend in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. So I'm really, really excited about it and very proud to tell this story.
0: That's an amazing showcase of how art and entrepreneurship can kind of combine. And some of our students may hopefully find inspiration from that, where they may find that Math and accounting is easier if they can put the dollars and cents to it, where seeing Norman Rockwell as an artist and as a person allowed you to think about the entrepreneurial side of it as well. So that's really cool. That was part of my journey as well, where I would think about the guy buying the 55 watermelons and the math problem, but it's like, okay, maybe he's buying those for a watermelon stand and he's gonna sell them that way. So I had to always relate things to entrepreneurship. So
1: I, I just, love that. <laughs> I think
0: that's kind of what it always comes back to. But yeah. finally, what message do you have for anyone who's listening? who is aspiring to become a visionary leader or they're starting a leadership role?
1: I would say just be brave and don't feel like when you come into the role that you're going to know everything you need to know. You've got to keep learning and seek out mentors who have been down that road who can help you see Problems help you solve problems. And then as you move into the role more deeply, you're going to feel more comfortable and more empowered. Don't start out thinking like, oh, I knew everything. It is always about learning.
0: And I'll share an insight as someone who has been under Deb's leadership Deb not only cares about the mission of the organization, but cares about the people carrying out the mission as well, where it's not only what are you doing towards the mission, but what are you doing in your personal life entrepreneurially and caring about people? And that's been a common thread of everyone on the Visionary Leadership Institute podcast so far is the people first leadership. And that's
1: uh, why I,
0: you've been a great guest on this podcast.
1: Thank you, Matt. And that is absolutely true about caring about the people. It's the essence of building a great team is understanding where people are coming from. And having empathy to really understand. Yeah,
0: definitely. Thank you for being a guest on the Visionary Leadership Institute podcast. Deb Hoover.
1: Thanks, Matt.